0: Bit
1: carried away, like get carried away, Brendan. No, That's not like
0: Brendan get carried away, is it? No, I don't know. What a time to be alive. Steven's the girl. Disposal efficiency. Fish and
1: Round 12 has been played. Lockdown still causing havoc in Melbourne and Victoria, uh, and some of the footy on display has uh, suffered because of it. But... There were some good games over the weekend, and it was um, it was good to watch, especially that Dreamtime game. And uh, your boys played well, and it was a, a good good spectacle all in all, wasn't it?
0: It was. It was a really good game all in all. Um, easy to say after a win as well, but geez, Richmond know how to uh, they know how to win it dirty. Sometimes we had a pretty comfortable lead, and we let it slip at one point and Then we had to you know fight our way back in front, and ended up getting winning by a pretty good margin, which was impressive. But yeah, no, it was a good game all in all, and I think pretty successful Dreamtime up in WA.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It looked great, and and even to have a, a sellout crowd, it was like 60,000. It was unbelievable to see for two Victorian teams over there. Um, had like a finals feel to it, and it was it was great. And I, for me personally, I think that that game should be shared around, and I think it should be played in areas where there's a high Indigenous population, like like Perth and and Darwin last year as well. I think it it should be. Um, in those areas and not just at the MCG every every single season.
0: It wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I mean, obviously it gets traction. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to lose much money. I, I know the MCG has obviously got the highest capacity. And at the end of the day, it's a business. So that's what the AFL thinks about. But, yeah, definitely. I think those high indigenous populated areas is, is a smart place to put it because you're going to get sell like crowds and it's a special occasion for all of them especially, so they'll flock to it. I know I was pretty um, adamant about having it back at the G as soon as, you know, every, every year just because it's – you know, it's the home ground and all that, and that's where you want to play it. But I guess if it's it's both teams' home ground, so if you play it somewhere else, it's mutual for either side, so it doesn't really make a difference, does it?
1: No, not at all. And yeah, I loved it. I loved the how um how good it was. Just um yeah, with the but the like the light show there as well. I don't think the MCG can do that. Um, so it was great. And what well what do you think of the game? I mean, Essen gave you an absolute scare in that last quarter they were they look bloody good and that's it Essendon are a, are a decent team and um as hard as this to say oh I don't even care anymore to be honest um but Yeah, as hard as it is to say Essendon, they are looking pretty good and they gave you a mighty scare in that last quarter.
0: It does pain me to say it as well. I mean, for most of the game, we had probably a 20-point lead and every time we tried to break the game open a little bit, Essendon would kick another one or two and just you know claw the game back a little bit and wouldn't let us break it apart. And then, you know, we head into three-quarter time with 22 points up and I'm thinking, all right, like this is last quarters are our specialty. This is when we blow them out of the water. And in the first five, ten minutes of that quarter, and they kicked four goals straight and hit the front, I'm thinking, oh, you're kidding. You're kidding. And when Essendon, I still believe, are a very momentum-based side. And when they get on a roll, it's hard to stop them. And I thought, this is it. We're going to lose. It's the first time in ten, seven years. I think it is ten matches. I was spewing. And then, you know, the rest is history, I guess. 16 minutes later, we kicked the next seven goals straight and, yeah, got a 39-point win. So I was stoked, to say the least. And uh, Dusty and Shea Bolton just getting the job done when we needed them to.
1: Jeez, those couple of goals Shea kicked in that last quarter were unbelievable, weren't they?
0: He just doesn't lose his balance. He's got such good feet and such good agility that there's that one, I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about, where he got the ball, sidestep one bloke, nearly fell over, spun out of trouble, and on the opposite boot kicks it through like it was – you don't see many players do that these days. And there's another reason why I'm really desperate for Richmond to sign Shea Bolton as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's – He's I mean, people were talking about him a few weeks ago saying, Oh, he shouldn't be on that much money or shouldn't be offered that much money, but it just shows that he's and he's still so young as well. He's got so much ahead of him. So I think he's gonna be um yeah, commanding big money. And you got you gotta keep him. You gotta keep him because other teams will will benefit from that and will wanna pay him that much too, won't they? Well, oh,
0: clubs will swoop for sure, for sure. And it wouldn't surprise me if some um, if either West Coast or Freya go after him because he's a WA boy, so he was right at home at Optus Stadium. But he's got that ability as well and I'm not comparing him to Dusty, but that that Dustin Martin type ability where they know when it's an important moment because there's been games this year where he's kicked the sealer three or four times already this year. And and again, on the weekend, he put the icing on the cake for us and steps up when the team really needs him to. So he's got that ability to break the game open and doesn't have to have too many touches to have a big impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another player that was huge was, um, well, not a Richmond player, was Darcy Parrish. Um, He was, he's having an unbelievable season just racks up the footy, I think he broke the record for most disposals in a game for an Essendon player and he's um, having I mean it's pretty obvious he's having a breakout season but he's he's breaking out and, and taking his game to another level and will probably be an All-Australian and will probably win Essendon's Best and Fairest and who knows it's about the Brownlow as well so he's having an unbelievable season.
0: All the above I think all those awards are definitely a possibility for him if not guaranteed the Brownlow probably being the only one that's not it was half time and I'm pretty sure he had 26 disposals and I'm thinking geez, and yeah. I mean good side to do it not, not taking anything away from him but good side to do it against as well because Richmond don't tag notoriously so no one was ever going to try to shut him down, but it's not even the amount of disposals, it's the influence he had with those disposals, too. A lot of the a lot of players, you know, like get some really high disposals. Tom Mitchell, being one of them, he always gets some big high numbers, Jack McCray. Um, and a lot of those tend to be one two handballs, which still count, obviously. But I thought Parrish's influence on the game on top of all those disposals was incredible. I think it was score involvements, inside 50s, contested possessions, all of it, all, all the numbers were through the roof. So it was no surprise he won the Yayukin award. Even though uh, if you're watching the game, he looked a bit confused when they said his name. I wasn't I don't think he, he I don't know if he didn't hear them or if he just wasn't thrilled to to get the award after a loss. I'm not sure what it was, but did you see his reaction?
1: Yeah, didn't they had to say it twice, didn't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, they said it twice. And even the second time, yeah. he just sort of stood yeah. there and his teammates were like, uh, you're <laughs> gonna go get your award, mate?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe it was, yeah. I mean, that probably shows he's disappointed about the loss. Um, and prefers the, the the team win instead of the individual win, which is probably a good thing to see as, as an Essendon supporter. You'd, you'd love that. So, um, but no, he's a he's fantastic. And yeah, Essendon have got a good young team. They've got a good team coming through, and very jealous of what they're doing at the moment in such a short short amount of time. So, um, onwards and upwards for them. And. Um, and credit where credit's true We give them a lot of stick But um, they're doing some good things
0: Yeah, we do like to give Essendon a bit of stick here in the podcast But you can't fault them at the moment I think the biggest test for them now They've also had some good performances against good sides But I think the test for them now will be after the bye And see if that can continue through the whole year Having a young side, it is easy to fade away So the real test now will be seeing if they can maintain that throughout the year But from what I've seen, I think they'll be able to
1: Yeah, absolutely uh, Let's move on to the Melbourne Footy Club they uh, look like they're the team to beat and they are in unbelievable form knocking off Brisbane who had won seven games in a row um, and Melbourne, um, yeah, we're, were too good for them on Friday night um, up at Giant Stadium. You
0: can't you can't turn around now and say that the D's haven't beaten anybody or, you know, they're the real deal. They're 100% the real deal. They've beaten every good side around them. They've had one loss, obviously, and it was against Adelaide, which was an outlier that, you know, that was obviously a – a once-off type thing, but yeah, they're incredible. And the way that they um, move the ball around the ground and obviously blokes like Petrarca and Oliver are so hard to stop, but it's everybody on the list, they, they don't really have a weak link. And Cozzy Pickett was quite early in the game and you're thinking, "I oh, here we go, like someone, you know, he's a bit overhyped. And then all of a sudden he just takes two moments of footy and bang, he's turned the game, turned the game well, not turned the game around, but I think he's a winning the whole time. But um, yeah, he just showed, you know, why he's such a good player at such a young age.
1: Yeah, he's a freak, freakish player. He could be an All-Australian small forward as well this year. He's, uh can turn the game on its head. And another one that's, well, he's he has been good, but he's, he's sort of come out of nowhere as well this season. That's Tom McDonald, who also had a massive second half. Um, he's in contention for All-Australian as well. And um, it was at the end of last year where Melbourne are looking to trade him, as well, trade him away um, and look what he's producing this season. So they are stacked all over, the, all over the field. And they've got, you know, Jack Lever and Steve May who are, playing awesome down there. Nothing's getting past them. So they're going to be hard to beat, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And touching on Tom McDonald, he's playing
0: so well at the moment that he's holding out Ben Brown. Like Ben Brown's playing in the VFL yeah. because he can't get a game because Tom McDonald's in that good of form. So when you – you know, I think Ben Brown's yeah. won a Coleman, if I'm not mistaken, or he got – you know, I think I think he has anyway. So he's holding out a Coleman medalist, and it's – yeah, it's, he's so impressive with what he's been doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they're – Dominating everything. And yeah, Max Gorn, best Ruckman in the comp as well, continuing his his great form. And geez, they could have a Brenlow medalist, Coleman medalist, multiple All-Australians, a premiership, who knows? So they, they could um, take everything away this year. So um, I know as a Richmond supporter, you'll be, uh, I mean, pretty nervous. You'll, you'll most likely play them in the finals, I'd say at some stage.
0: Uh yeah, well you'd think so. I mean, um I mean i touch wood that we, we still get there and we have a good finish to the year, which I'm I'll th- get that. I think we should, but you know, I don't want to talk too soon. It's uh pretty arrogant of me to do so. But um yeah, look if we come up against the D's in the finals, I'll be very nervous and because they're just such a good side and they gave us a belting earlier in the year, so I can't, you know, I can't um rule out the possibility of them doing it to us again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, what about the Saints? They're certainly not going to be playing finals with uh, the way they've been playing. I mean, they had their chances to beat the Swans, but they just couldn't capitalize and Shaq Higgins missed a lot of easy shots at the end.
0: Yeah, poor. I mean, I feel bad for Jack Higgins. It's. I think all all the media I've seen surrounding that game was just how Jack Higgins kicked one goal six and missed a couple late, like you mentioned, um, that would have sealed the game. And you know, headlines such as Missy Higgins has been going around after he, uh yeah. Yeah, you because know, he couldn't kick straight. <laughs> but yeah, look, obviously, the inaccurate Saints is the, probably the headline that we should be looking at there. And the game was there for him to beat Sydney, who have been one of the better sides in the, of the year and they just let it slip due to poor kicking. And then they'll be very disappointed, St Kilda, because wins haven't been easy to come by for them so far. Um, and they have one so close, and just to let it slip because of a bit of inaccurate kicking, yeah, they'll be real disappointed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they did look a lot better in that game compared to previous weeks. So they'll take something from that. But, yeah, I mean, it's not good enough for the expectations they had on themselves, and everyone did – um, at the start of the year, um, and yeah, it looks like they're they're probably not going to play finals. I mean, they they won't play finals. Um, it's just way too hard from here. And um, but did you hear? This is probably off the cuff, but did you hear about the um, about Max King approaching Matthew Lloyd for goal kicking coaching, and then they they denied it from happening. The same, well, or they they wouldn't let it happen. I was
0: actually just about to bring that up before you did. Then yeah, I did hear about that. So the he's reached out to Lloydie, I think. It was. He, Lloydy reckons it was probably 10 minutes after the last game he played and had a bit of a you know a shocker in front of goals, so he thought he reached out to one of the best of all time in, you know, in goal-kicking and the clubs shut the idea down. I mean, the only reason I can think that they would do that is maybe because they've obviously got Jared head at the club as a goal-kicking coach um, and they've obviously got other people there as well and they don't want too many voices in Max King's head, but whatever they're doing, it clearly isn't working. You think you would be open to exploring these options and... How do you turn down one of the best goal kickers of all times? Help.
1: Yeah, I don't don't get it. I don't get it. Is it an ego thing? Is it a pride thing? I don't know. Just but if that's going to help Max King become a better player, why wouldn't you do it? It well, doesn't matter if he's not involved with the club. Just do it. He's
0: got all the potential to be one of the best forwards in the game. He, the way he marks the footy mm. is fantastic. It's just his accuracy that keeps letting him down. And if it's a slight yeah. technique change that he has to make and Lloydy he can help him make that, then I, don't, I can't understand why they wouldn't want that to happen. Like I said, maybe the multiple voices in his ear thing, they don't want that going through his head at such a young age. But that's the only reason I can really think of that would, um, yeah, stop them from letting Lloydy do his thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Perplexed by that one. Um, but I also saw Seb Ross and Tim Embry have uh, left their hub or they've gone back to Victoria. So um, unlikely to play this week. So that's another couple of outs from their team. And, yeah, just things are just getting worse for them, aren't they? And Geary's
0: injured as well. So, yeah, things are...
1: Yeah, hurt his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: so like you mentioned earlier, you you have to write finals off for St Kilda now, wouldn't you? I mean, you can't see them really turning it around from here, especially with people going back to Melbourne for whatever reasons have gone back, but you just, yeah, I, I have to write them off at this point. I can't see them turning it around from here.
1: Yeah, no, no chance. No chance. And in, in a team that's in a similar position to them, maybe a little bit worse is, is the Carlton Footy Club, who uh, I really didn't want to talk about on this podcast, but uh, I have a... I've a duty to do it, um, and we've got a special guest coming on very shortly to to talk about the Blues. So, may as well get it out of the way. I've been re- I've been um, reluctant. Obviously, they went.
0: I've been reluctant to ask you about the Blues. I was waiting for you to slowly work it in yourself. I didn't want to push any buttons. I know you. I was uh, intimidated is the wrong word, but I, I was very uh, hesitant to message you yesterday after the loss because I just know. Uh, that you weren't too happy with it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing you and Luke sort of, you know, bro it out and vent a little bit about the game and the club in general. But, yeah, obviously uh, some worrying signs coming out of uh, Blues at the moment, Princess Park.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially against a, a West Coast Reserve sides who, in all honesty, we should have beaten quite comfortably. I mean, any other oh, – you'd say any other team above us would have – beaten west coast comfortably yesterday um but we were terrible and it's the same same shit every week um same the exact same things happening um so the pressure's right on the coach now david teague and it'll be interesting to see what happens there but um we will get luke on we'll uh we'll get him on to choice. So he's, he's a massive Carlton supporter and um yeah shares the same frustrations as a lot of us do and um he's yeah, not the only one. Paid up, been supporting him his whole life, so um, we'll uh, we'll see what he's got to say. And uh, as he comes in now, connecting to uh, Luke, have you got us?
2: I do, I do, fellas. How are we?
1: Good, Luke. How are you, good, mate? mate? How are you going?
2: Good, good. Uh, stuck in lockdown, mate. So things could be better, but um, it is what it is, mate. Not much, too much we can do about it, unfortunately. So, well,
1: yeah. What's worse? What's worse, lockdown or the Carlton Footy Club at the moment?
2: Oh, can't put a club by the Flemington Strait, mate. It's just uh, black like in that club at the moment, mate. It is unbelievable
1: how bad. Give us is. your thoughts on on what's going on there at the moment. Give us what, what do you reckon's the issue? or issues.
2: Oh geez, how much time have you got? Um geez.
1: Take your time. We're in lockdown as well, you know, mate. We've got all day.
2: Oh, mate. It's you know, just what just from watching yesterday, you know, you look at players you know, that have come to the club or, you know, been given a chance and you just, you just wonder how and why they've been given a chance. Um, you know, Cottrell is just one of the most perfect examples. You know, there was so many instances yesterday when, you know, he's running on the wing and would run over the ball or just wouldn't pick the ball up or try and kick it off the ground. You know, West Coast had their six best players not playing yesterday and they made us look ridiculous they made us look ridiculous mm. yesterday. It was, it was hard to watch. Hard to watch. Even after last week, that was, that was worse.
1: Yeah. It's the thing. It's the same. It's the same things every week. Like you just know what's going to happen, don't you? You know that they're going to mm-hmm. be close. They're going to be there, thereabouts, and then just do nothing in the last quarter. And you know, Cottrell's going to do the same shit. And then you know that. Oh, yeah. it's. It, and then you see David Teague just sitting there, just.
2: I've never one come face. Just both. oh. Never come across a bloke that just shows no emotion for a football club. Like, you're you're the coach, champ. You're Mm. the coach. You know, like, show some emotion when, you know, when Eddie kicked a couple, you know, really good goals, you know, to sort of keep us in it. He just sat there twiddling his thumbs and, buddy, looking up to the sky, like, oh, I'm getting paid, mate. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, win loss, I'm still going to get my paycheck at the end of the day. You know, reminds me of the bloody Labor government, but um, it's <laughs> it's just a joke, mate. It really is. It, you know, the Teague the Teague train was, you know, everyone was on board, but mate, that's derailed now. I think um, I think him and him and probably Buckley are the first two out the door at the end of the season. I'd say.
1: Yeah, but then Teague goes. Who, who are we getting? Who's who's replacing him?
2: Well, I think the. I think the track's already been sort of laid after Teague. They haven't brought, you know, John Worsfold in for no reason. Um, you know, I think Clarko's probably on the way out of Hawthorne. Um, you know, you know, bring back someone that is, you know, going to, you know, going to teach, teach the club actually how to, you know, you know, teach effort and, and, you know, consistency because we just don't have any of that at the moment. And, you know what I'm seeing is someone like Paul Ruse would just be perfect. You know what what he did with Melbourne and look at Melbourne now. You know they're they're probably mm. the best team in the competition at the moment. So um, yeah, maybe someone like Paul Ruse, you know, could be could be huge for the club. But yeah, it's it's the direction of the club. We're 20 years into a three year rebuild, so yeah, it's just it's really good, So
0: I spoke about it with Marcus earlier, um, and it's probably easy to say from my point of view, but. Over the years I've seen the the danger and the effects of constantly rolling through different coaches and kicking him in and out. would you would you be open to like the idea of is it the people around Teague or are you convinced that Teague is definitely the issue? Would you say if they had new people around him that maybe things would change?
2: Well look, I think that the you know, I think the mentorship, you know, from John is definitely gonna help, but I wonder, you know, how much input um, you know how much input has been, you know, taken from John so far. You know, you see a massive difference. You know, you look at Simon Goodwin was on the way out this time last year, and you know they got Chock from um, from Richmond, and you know, and now they've lost one game this year. You know, and you can see you can see that you know Melbourne have got a bit of you know got a bit of Richmond in them from the last couple of years in in the way that they've, um, you know, that they structure up behind the ball. So I think that's a huge thing um, that that Chuck Williams has definitely, you know, been able to implement and, you know, and something like that would be ideal, I think, for for Carlton. But it's just a matter of finding the right personnel. You know, obviously, we all know what Malthouse did to the club. We all know what Brendan Bolton did to the club. You know, obviously he drew the short end of the straw with the salary cap and, and those sorts of things. But, you know i think david teague you know he's just got to show some sort of passion and just give us something you know it's 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 hard to watch you know it's it's like when one of those you know scenes in a movie comes on and you're sitting with your parents and and it's just hard to watch it's just really awkward to watch that's that's what it was like yesterday it was that it was it you know, we worked so hard to get the ball and and you know our inside fifties and we just couldn't convert and then they just stroll down the other end and kick a goal and Liam Ryan decided to do something for the first time this year and you know it's just oh, it it was hard to watch yesterday it was embarrassing. I
1: think the thing is you we no no team would ever get a more perfect opportunity to beat West Coast than oh. yesterday at the SCG they had half their team out yeah. Oh, Our season's on the line, like we're playing for a season. You'd think something. So I don't think Teague knows how to motivate his players and no one in that Carlton coaching group commands respect and I don't think the players see that. And, you know, like yeah, you don't have that figure in there where players are scared or not scared, but like they respect their coaches and they want to go out there and play for them. So I just don't see that at all. I think Teague's too nice and he's too much of a mate to them. But the thing is, you can't – assistant coaches don't get sacked halfway through the year or during the season. Correct. So exactly. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna have to put up with this for the next 11 weeks.
2: Yeah, And yeah, you're dead right. You know, I, I think that there's um, a real lack of um, hierarchy, I feel, at the club. You know, you see, um, you know, Mark Murphy come out on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram a couple of, you know, about a week ago being dropped from the side, you know, and not being happy about it. And I go, well, mate, you're not in the best 22. You know, just because you're the previous captain and, you know, you've been there, you know, since the start and you've had plenty of opportunities to leave, but you're stuck with us. At the end of the day, mate, you're not in the best 22. You're not in the best 22. Simple as that, you know. And yesterday showed, yes, you know, he's a, he's a good ball user, but I'll tell you what, when he gets the footy, you know, that, that'd be a start. You know, there was a few instances yesterday where, you know, went to kick off the ground or tried to, you know, pick it up and just ran over it. And he just, like, mate, you've played 250 games, like, surely, surely you can, you know, pick the pill up off the ground and, you know, and use it. It's, it was just.
1: Yeah, That's the thing with Murph, he's, he's like, he's probably our best ball user, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't get it enough at the moment. And he's too slow. Um, you yeah. can say, you're like, he, he's showing his age with his pace and yeah. and everything like that. Like, everyone forgets how good Murph was. Like, Murph was an unbelievable player, Absolutely. our best player, or the best player in the competition for a couple of years there, about, about eight, nine years ago. Um, but he's just... Times up, I think. Um, but yeah. he's five games off 300, so they're probably cruising him to that, which is, which is a shame because you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, that shouldn't be why you, you're you're playing him um, to well, get him to 300.
2: Why, you know, that's why Casbold, I reckon, you know, was getting games mm. at the start of the season to get him to that 150, and then you know, and then ship him off. But you know, he's you know, how does a bloke get a game when you can't kick? It's the first thing you you learn in in kick. Yeah, it's the, first, it's the first thing you learn, and you just wonder, like, how does a bloke continue to get a game with, you know, with just a lack of skills? Like, he's a brilliant contested mark, but sorry, that doesn't put a score on the board, unfortunately. So, you know, I think there's a lot of tough decisions that need to be made. Um, you know, give a few of the younger blokes a crack. You know, um, you know, bring Josh Honey in. Um, you know, I don't know why Luke Parks didn't play yesterday. That, mm. you know. You should be playing Luke Parks, you know, over a number of likes. Even if you play him on the wing, you know, like what Nick Cox is doing for Essendon, you know, you know, or Archie Perkins, you know, play him on the wing, play him up the ground, you know, and and play play someone that's actually going to have a crack, you know, rather than someone that's just going through the motions, you know, going to get their paycheck at the end of the week, and you know, and and that'll be. But yeah, it's 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 hard to watch at the moment. You just wonder when you know when it's going to. When it's gonna turn, I'm sick of it. Really, I'm sick of watching it.
1: Yeah, you just don't know when. It, like I was saying to Quinn before, like, I just don't have. I don't have the energy to care anymore. Like it, yeah. it, it ruins you. It ruins your bloody day and week. Like yeah, you, you cared too so much about these these dickheads, and they would give yeah. you nothing.
2: Yeah, like even you know that game against the Bulldogs. It was my bloody birthday. You know, I thought what? A, you know, this is <laughs> gonna be. This is gonna be unreal. It's gonna be such a good win. You know, gonna knock off top side. You know, and make them look silly. And you just knew fourteen points in front at three quarter time. Like we're gonna lose by five goals here. You could just see us getting run down. And uh that. You know I'll tell you what. That was hard. Like that was that was tough to watch. But the last two weeks, oh, you just you just wonder. You know, are people within the club actually invested? You know, you, you just mm-hmm. you just wonder what's going on. But. It all stems from the top, I guess, you know, uh, the president's gone at the end of the year, you know, Juddy's taken off from the board, you know, it might be time just to clean out top down and, and then, you know, go again. But bloody hell, how many, how many rebuilds do the supporters need to go through until we see some success? You know, it's, it's, you look at teams like Sydney who, you know, they were a shambles last year and now they're a top eight side within 12 months. it just doesn't make sense. Why, why did why Carlton get it so wrong? And, you know, a, a lot of the other teams get it so right. Like you see Hawthorne, they're going to be an unbelievable side again in the next couple of years with their young talent. And you just look at Carlton's list and you go, what, what do we have, really? It's,
1: yeah. hard it's to the hard development. We've got all the development wrong. Because you can't blame no draft picks because we've had them all. Um, they're just not right. developing them right. Culture's not right, clearly. So, Absolutely. yeah, something's going to have to happen. It's going to have to be like, a, like what a Richmond did or like what a Geelong did and have that like real tough off season where you have a few home truths and yeah. do what you have to do. I mean, Quinn can talk about Richmond when you guys went through that and then you all of a sudden just turned it around, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it was after that 2016 season where we finished 13th on the ladder. We had three finals appearances in a row. We didn't win any of them. Obviously, you guys remember 2013 quite clearly, but we um, we didn't win any of them. We just sort of had no direction. And then obviously, yeah, there was that um, pretty pretty honest off season in 2016 where all the players just sort of, you know, everything that came out and um, we had some, you know, some new people come in assistant coach-wise and the energy – oh, energy might be the wrong word, but I guess the the vibe around the club just sort of changed completely and it just showed on-field as well. So maybe something like that does need to happen um, down at Princess Park. I mean, it's hard to pick the answer, especially from an outsider's point of view. You guys know your list and your coaches and everything better than anybody. So, But, you know, I think maybe that is something that needs to happen in the off-season.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, what we do for every guest, Luke, we, uh, we, uh, we ask him a few questions It's called the pressure cooker. We'll uh, yep. ask you a few questions about, uh, things you're not, you're not prepared for it. So, um, right. and, uh, we'll see what you come up with. All right. So, uh, yep. I'll, yep. Uh, I'll kick us off. Um, if you had to delist one player in your team, who would it be?
2: Delist a player? Um, gee whiz, I'd probably, I'd probably delist Levi Gazbold. Yeah, out the door yeah. champ. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you.
0: I thought that yeah. might be the one you went with. Now, on the other hand, if you yeah. could add one player from another list, who would it be?
2: Um need a grunt player so or just a genuine ball user, so I'd probably be targeting Zach Merritt in the off-season.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, good call. Or Josh Kelly um, as well. Yeah, Cali's definitely a another line. A grader, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, which team do you love beating the most?
2: Oh, Essendon. It's
1: <laughs> <Not even laughs> an no, it easy one, play. isn't it? Uh, I'm, gl- oh, I'm, glad I'm glad we're yeah. all in a Grants. Oh, yeah.
2: There's yeah. better. You know, I'd rather beat Essendon. Point than a hundred points, you know. it's just, it's so much sweeter.
1: I was. Um, That's a good, the good thing to come out of this season is that we beat Essendon only a few weeks ago. Oh mate,
2: I'm happy to lose <laughs> the rest, for the you know rest of the games of the season as long as we beat them, mate.
1: I'm happy. I was,
0: uh, <laughs> I, I exactly. was, I was watching Dreamtime the other night with Elisa, and I've never seen a Carlton supporter cheer for Richmond so hard, um, especially in that last quarter when yeah. it got close. Just to see Essendon lose, it was, uh, yeah, the passion yeah. to see Essendon lose was next, it was unrivalled. So. And yeah. then uh, we'll yeah, go to the absolutely. we'll go to the last question. Yeah, the, uh, the most controversial. Yep. Uh, who's your favorite pressure point co-host?
2: Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> um, This is a t- this, this this definitely you know that puts you on the spot. But I'll tell you what, you're both, you're, you're both champions. But um, you know, geez, Marcus is my cousin, mate. I can't go past him, can I? No, so
0: nah, I, I had a feeling he, this he week. Goes,
2: he goes all right. We've, we've um, yeah. We, we've uh, had had plenty of good times. Me and uh, mean squats—that's for sure. So, squats. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it's fantastic what you guys are doing. I've um, you know tune in um, as much as I can, and um, yeah, it's fantastic. You guys are doing a great job here, so um, all credit to you.
0: Thank you very much, mate. Thanks, I appreciate babe. the no, support. Really... No
2: dramas.
1: Yeah. Appreciate you coming on too, mate, and uh, hope you can spend your lockdown wisely and. Try not yeah. to, well, let's try and move on from the blues now. Otherwise it's going to make it a lot worse. So, yeah, um, but, uh, but no, I appreciate you coming on, mate. And uh, we'll have to have you on again soon.
2: Yeah, no dramas at all. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Lee. Cheers, mate. Thanks. See you, mate.
2: Thanks, mate.
1: Bye.
0: Jeez, talk about passion.
1: <laughs> that was good. It was everything I expected that was.
0: I, wa- I actually wanted to ask him, but I didn't think of it till just now. I was watching. It's a good one for you as well, though. I was watching um, the Blue Abroad fan cams last night. Our good mate Terry there who runs those. And uh, yeah. for those who watch Blue Abroad, you'll all be aware of a man named Rocco. And uh, he came on he came on the show at one point last night. And he asked, he, asked, he said something that was, that resonated with me. You know, I thought it was pretty funny. And I want to ask you this. He goes, watching he goes what watching games of Carlton now have become like going to your kids play. He goes, you don't want to go. You know they're going to be shit, but you'll go anyway. Is that is that pretty much how you feel for the rest of the year, <laughs> or do you? Or because I know a few counter boarders have said they're just done for the season. Are you, are you in that boat, or are you you still going to put yourself through and you know and still support because it's just what you know?
1: No. like I, to be honest, I I didn't really watch the second half yesterday. I wasn't going to. I was trying anything I could not to watch it. Like obviously, I love the club, but like it, it, you you just. the the torment you go through, it's just not worth it. Um, Like I just, I hate how I feel after every Carlton game. So I just, I just can't do it. And and you can say, Oh, you got to be loyal, but I've been loyal for 20, 28 years, mate. So don't even question me about loyalty. I'm a paid up member for 25 years. So um, if I don't want to watch them now, it's fair enough. And, And I think every Carlton supporter is in that same bracket. Like we've enough, it's enough. Enough is enough. Like we can't just keep going through this shit anymore because it's not healthy. Because um, we put so much time, effort, and money into the club, and yeah, just getting nothing back in return.
0: Yeah, I've I've known you for close to four years now, and lo- your loyalty to the club is something that can't be questioned. So if you you know if you need to give yourself a bit of a break and miss a couple of games, you definitely can't fault you for that. So
1: yeah, I mean lockdowns probably come at a good time, which means we don't have to go to the games, or you don't at least don't have the choice to. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. it's going to be a long 11 or so weeks, whatever's left of the season, um, if we keep dishing up this sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> told you before the podcast, I didn't really want to talk about Carlton I and mean, I reckon we spent about half an hour on them. So um, we should probably move on, shouldn't we? Um, Absolutely.
0: I think our views, our, li- our listens and views might go down a little bit this week and purely <laughs> the Carlton supporters will be tuning in, but <laughs> mate, uh, needed to happen, right. needed to happen.
1: Yeah, I feel a bit better from it, so yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad we did it. Um, another talking points come out from the weekend though is that the buy round um, has mixed it up as yeah been changed a bit. We've got West Coast and Richmond being pushed back, so Richmond's buy is, isn't going to be till two weeks. Is that right?
0: Yeah, correct. So it was supposed to be this weekend. West Coast and I um, and Richmond both had a buy, um, but it's we're playing instead this Sunday night um, at Optus Oval. And the game has been pushed back to yeah to the buy sorry has been pushed back to next week.
1: Yeah, So that's due, right. So
0: for to COVID reasons, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you guys still stay in the hub, um, and then you you're coming home after the hub. Is that correct, or after the West Coast game?
0: I would I would presume so. Yeah, I'm not 100. Yeah. I don't think anybody's 100 percent what's happening yet. But Richmond have gone back to Sydney, so we're not. We haven't stayed in WA. So of we've well. actually gone back to, um, yeah, so we've gone back to Sydney because I'm, I, be, I could be wrong, but I believe that if we were to stay in WA, it was going to be a hard quarantine where we couldn't leave the hotel. Um, so essentially no training, no fresh air or anything like that. So they've flown back to Sydney for quarantine reasons so they can still train, do everything as normal, and then they'll fly back up. Saturday afternoon, I believe, um, before the game, so which which will be a Sunday night. Which I'm actually enjoying the Sunday night games. I had one last night, Freo Bulldogs, which ended up being a pretty good game. Apart from the last probably 15 minutes where Bulldogs blew the game open, but the Sunday night games are great because no one's realistically doing much on a Sunday night, and it's good to have footy on. You know, it starts at about 7:30, same as every other Friday and Saturday night. So it's I'm enjoying it. So I think it'll be a good time to have the game.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be good to have a like a quality game like West Coast and Richmond. I mean, it's usually like a. A freeo game or like Port Adelaide against a know, a, yeah, a lower team, so it's always like a pretty one-sided game. So it'd be good to have like a, a quality matchup on that in that time slot because yeah, you, they're usually like they're usually pretty average, aren't they?
0: Yeah, the Sunday afternoon games are usually the quite average ones, but it's, um yeah, it should be a good fixture. And hopefully, uh, well, I mean, you don't hope injuries upon anybody, but hopefully West Coast, a few of their injuries can stay injured just for this week and uh, get them back after the bye, just make the job a little bit easier for us over there. But, um, yeah, but obviously if in WA as well, it's a twilight game because um, you're a couple of hours behind, I believe. So you got a few more extra hours of daylight than we do. So that's why it's a, a bit later. But for us in Melbourne, it works out beautifully.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the round thirteen games. Round thirteen already, crazy! Um, It's the second week of the buys, um, but we're back to back to Thursday night footy, which is great. Um, It's been just Friday nights for the like the last last couple of months at least. It's been a while since we've had a Thursday night game, so it's going to be good. We've got uh, Port Adelaide and Geelong from the Adelaide Oval, which would be a ripping contest.
0: Absolutely this is a great game to start off the week with and like you mentioned before I think the rolling fixtures have been good because you're able to put these marquee games in the best time slot so Port Adelaide Geelong can't think of a better example Adelaide Oval jeez, it's going to be a tough contest you, you'd think Port will get the job done purely for the Adelaide Oval advantage it's a fortress over there for them but it really could go either way Geelong have been playing pretty good footy as well.
1: Yeah absolutely I mean yeah both coming off yeah, so, um, yeah, it's going to be a ripping contest. and um, But you, you got to lean towards Port Adelaide just because it's at at the Adelaide Oval, I'd say. That's the only reason why I'd pick Port.
0: Yeah, 100%. Oh, I mean, they've got a good side as well, obviously. But, yeah, the Adelaide Oval advantage, uh, home and ground advantage, it yeah, just makes them too strong, I think. So, yeah, they'll get the job done.
1: Yeah. Uh, Friday night, we've got Sydney and Hawthorne um, at the SCG. Surprising Friday night game, this one. Um, not sure how Hawthorne... Just that.
0: I guess there's been a bit of a rivalry between Sydney and Hawthorne in recent years, but yeah, I guess the way, where Sydney is sitting at the moment compared to where Hawthorne is sitting, yeah, it is a surprising one. Hopefully Hawthorne can put on a bit of a show just, you know, because of the rivalry and it might fire them up a little bit, but geez, you can't see Sydney losing, not at the SCG.
1: No, nah, no, nah, they've been in great form and um, yeah, looks like they're, they're going to play finals as well. So um, yeah, now nah, Sydney quite comfortably there for me. Uh, Saturday afternoon, we've got Frio and the Gold Coast at Optus Stadium. It's, I mean, Frio, Frio, are, are very good at home. They they got rolled by the Dogs on the weekend, but um, the Dogs are a great team. But yeah, it's hard to not tip against Frio here, is it? Oh, you
0: can't tip against Freo. I was watching the game last night and they were they were right in the game um, up to the last quarter, like I mentioned earlier, where the Bulldogs' experience and I guess, you know, yeah, seniority just sort of blew them out of the water a little bit. Fife went down, which never helps. But, yeah, they're, they're in great shape, especially at Optus Oval and Gold Coast haven't shown a whole lot recently. So, for me, yeah, Freo, Freo definitely.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Saturday night, we've got St Kilda and Adelaide. Um, it's or fixtured for Kazali Stadium in Cairns, um, but huge chance that it might be um, might be shifted away um, due to what's what's going on. So um, there's talk of it staying in Sydney, or um, there's yeah talk of it because I think I think Queensland have different restrictions um, to New South Wales, so it might be harder for them to get up there. But um, and it's going to be a tough game to pick, no matter where it is, um, especially being on a neutral ground. It's going to be a, a real tough game.
0: Exactly right And time will tell In terms of location But it will be a tough game Saints will be I better say fuming But they'll be filthy And fuming I guess After their loss last week And such a tight contest And Adelaide probably um, Well they've shown Some really good signs This year And They've played good footy away from home as well, so it's really anybody's game. I'm going to go Adelaide just because I like what I've seen from them a little bit more. Um, they've been able to get the job done away from home as well. I mean, even up at Giant Stadium against the Tigers a couple of weeks ago, Richmond got the job done quite comfortably in the end, but they gave us a real push in that last quarter. So they can stick right in games, especially against some good sides, and St Kilda haven't shown enough to convince me they'll get it done easily. But, um, yeah, if it's a, yeah, I th- I'm going to go Adelaide, go a bit of the outlier here, the underdog.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go to Crom as well. I think their, their form has been great. Um, Sunday, Arvo, we've got North Melbourne and GWS at Bloodstone Arena in Tassie. Uh, the Kangas back in their spiritual home, which I'm sure some of the supporters would probably hate me saying that.
0: Could become their uh, their real home soon if they <laughs> keep up the form they've had in recent years. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Norths tend to play pretty good footy down at Tassie as well. So they'll be pretty excited for the opportunity to come up against a good Giants side that are you know we've been playing, they're in good form lately, so good opportunity for North Melbourne. I still think the Giants are going to be too strong, doesn't matter where they play. I think the Giants will get the job done comfortably, but who knows? Hopefully, North can try and you know put on a bit of a show down in Tassie and you know make something happen. But yeah, for me, Giants, yeah,
1: yeah. no, nah, I can't see North winning that. I think Giants will be too strong coming off the bye as well. Um, and then as we spoke about, we've got West Coast and Richmond that night uh, at Optus Stadium, it's going to be a I, I mean, depleted West Coast team. I think Richmond are going to are going to show Carlton how to how to beat a, an injury ravaged team. And um, yeah, I think you guys will will win that quite comfortably given your form of of late.
0: Well, touch wood. I think we will as well. But yeah, touch wood. We can get the job done over there. They've got some key injuries, which hopefully will uh, work in our benefit. I know McGovern's out, um, which will help our forwards as well, especially with the younger guys like Coleman Jones, who might have a bit of an easier time with McGovern out of the side. But yeah, I'm thinking Richmond will get the job done over there. Um, We played pretty well. We played pretty well on that ground and we showed that on the weekend on Dreamtime. So yeah, for me, Tigers as well.
1: All right, and the last game is the Queen's Birthday clash on Monday, Arvo. Um, it's been moved from the MCG to the SCG, yeah, due to due to COVID in Melbourne. Um, but uh, yeah, this could be the season where, you know usually Collingwood um, have dominated this fixture, um, but hard to mount a case for them. And they got a w- good win on the weekend, but Melbourne's form has just been incredible, as we as we spoke about earlier. So I think the D's will win this quite comfortably.
0: Yeah, I don't give Collingwood any chance. Unless they do what Adelaide did a few weeks ago and pull one out of the bag against Melbourne, um, I don't give them much chance at all. And like you said, Melbourne will get this one done quite comfortably. And uh, the big freeze will still be going ahead as well. The slide's still going to happen at the MCG with no crowd, so that'll still be televised and all that at the G, whilst the game is played at the SCG, which is something different. But obviously COVID is uh, you know thrown everything into a bit of a mess at the moment, but they're still finding a way to do it and great cause. So if you can get yourself a beanie as well, make sure you jump on board.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's always uh it's always great and absolutely love what Neil Denham is doing. He's an absolute warrior um and yeah doing great things for the community. So get your beanie and and donate to it. It'll be uh, be a great day. Um but yeah, that's us. That's us done for another episode. Um it's yeah, I feel like they're getting tougher and tougher personally anyway, but it was uh, <laughs> it was it was good to vent with a fellow uh fellow Carlton supporter today, which was um nice for a change, but um, but that's been another good one. There's plenty to talk about footy's uh, footy the footy was gone mad with all this COVID stuff. And um, yeah, with what's happening recently in Melbourne as well, the last couple of days, it doesn't look like it's slowing down either. So this could be um, the moving of fixtures and everything could, uh, could go on for a bit longer. So, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But um, yeah, there's always plenty going on, isn't there? Absolutely. There
0: is. It keeps us on our toes, which is a good thing. Um, you know, and then footy, you can't really kill footy. It never dies footy. So it'll always be around, which is a good thing, no matter where it's played. So as long as we can watch it on our telly, um, you know, things are still looking positive in that sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll thank our sponsors. We've got uh, Retro Jet Prince, go woo,
0: And then we've uh, obviously got Million Ma as well. So some uh, gift boxes there. So if you're looking to give someone a present in lockdown and you can't see them at the moment, go into Million Ma and, uh, yeah, shoot them over a nice gift box for, uh, yeah, from them.
1: Yeah absolutely and then as we say every week make sure you leave us a review subscribe to us on itunes spotify youtube wherever you listen to your podcasts means the world to us so yeah keep the reviews coming in it helps us produce the show and and make it better and and get get people on as well so keep them coming through and um yeah enjoy uh well try to enjoy lockdown as much as possible for those living in, in victoria and we'll um we'll talk about round 13 next week